Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Been a busy week here in the SBC, but not not really a newsworthy week. Uh, we just but we do have one big story carryover, I guess from seems like the last three weeks we've talked about uh, this. We started out with the Prestonwood announcement that they were uh, going to escrow funds to the cooperative program, which uh, prompted the next week's episode of the uh, formation of an ad hoc committee by the executive committee of the SBC, uh, prompted last week's episode in which we talked about the actual members of that. Now this week, uh, Dr. Russell Moore, the president of the ERLC, and Frank Page met on Monday, uh, a much-discussed uh, meeting online, Amy. I would, as you say, there hasn't been a ton of Baptist news in quantity, but what we did have, uh, everyone was clued into the Southern Baptist Convention. We don't normally see this level of chatter before April. Yes, and it's hard to remember a time when we saw anything like this at all. Uh, I, I guess it, it's been a, a couple of years, three years, maybe four years ago, maybe when we were in Baltimore, we saw something uh, along those lines, uh, just people, you know, the interest level this high. But uh, after a meeting on Monday, Dr. Frank Page and uh, Dr. Russell Moore released a joint statement, uh, and we'll read it as such. We deepened our friendship and developed mutual understanding on ways we believe will move us forward as a network of churches. We fully support one another and look forward to working together on behalf of Southern Baptists in the years to come. We will collaborate on developing future steps to deepen connections with all Southern Baptists as we work together to advance the Great Commission. Uh, so that was the uh, the statement from them, and what was reported a very good meeting. Uh, so the meeting ended with them unified and standing together as we face these days ahead here in the denomination. Uh, Amy, like you mentioned, a lot of online chatter about this, not just on Monday, but the days following. I don't think we've seen the final story on this, and it'll be something that we will continue to watch uh, leading probably all the way up until June in the SBC annual meeting. And I think the one thing we have to do, which is can be really difficult, is just to let sort of let this this come out. Um, Dr. Page and Dr. Moore, they spoke together. I was glad to see that, ready to just kind of listen to them and uh, to really just to let this situation kind of play out. Um, I think is going to be really important, but uh, it's hard because it's just a it's a topic we all are interested in and a lot of people feel very passionate about. Yeah, a lot of passion on both sides of it as well. Uh, that's a, a great point there. All right, some other news this week over at Southwestern. They announced the formation of the Center for Early Christian Studies. The center will be directed by Stephen Presley. They announced it this week with a, a special website. Uh, with uh, lectures, some reading groups, some uh, seminars, things like that. So, uh, you know, a lot of books and resources. Yeah, I was excited to read to read this release. Uh, he begins by talking about um, C.S. Lewis's introduction to On the Incarnation by Athanasius. I happen to love that book by Athanasius. Um, and so I'm all for reading uh, old books and learning uh, in that way. We have a lot of students around here that enjoy things like that, so I think this will be a good thing for the students at Southwestern. Yep, so all the best to Southwestern in the launch of that new Center for Early Christian Studies. Moving over to Tennessee, big announcement this week from Bellevue Baptist. They became the first Tennessee Baptist Church to give $1 million through the cooperative program in a calendar year. That's really exciting, and what a great thing for uh, Steve Gaines, our uh, SBC president, to just 
really elevate the cooperative program in that way. Their last check to kind of go over the $1 million uh, point was $83,333 uh, brings them to that. Uh, brings them to that threshold since April 2016. The, uh, the Baptist Press story, which we'll share in the show notes, uh, says that their gifts through the CP have quadrupled over the past six years. So what great leadership uh, there. I know that's exciting for Bellevue and for um, Tennessee Baptists and Southern Baptists at large. Yeah, it's good to see mega churches stepping up and, and giving those uh, big million-dollar gifts. So uh, congratulations to Steve Gaines. On that, speaking of Steve Gaines, we want to take a minute, and we're going to get back to the rest of the, the news here, but we wanted to take a, a little brief time in this episode to talk about, uh, maybe to give you an update on where we are as we as it relates to the annual meeting in June. Now, uh, every year, the SPC president, Steve Gaines, as we mentioned, uh, is current president of the SPC, has, is tasked with appointing committees. Right. There are about four or five committees, and those committees appoint committees and all that kind of fun stuff. Yes. Uh, as well as there, there's also some important dates for messengers to know. Uh, you know, the housing is open. We talked about that. The Giant Cow Ministries registration is open as well. Child care and all that kind of stuff is open. That closes uh, later in May. So you got to check that out uh, if you're interested and if you're going to Phoenix for that. But, Amy, why don't you cover some of these dates and just kind of ex- expectations that we should have in the next few weeks as far as newsworthy items come? Yeah, so uh, so I'm sure that uh, Steve Gaines is very busy right now. He's got a lot he has to do um, to just have these lists ready. And we've talked about this before. This is not an easy task. I mean, no. some of these, there, there are formulas for a lot of these committees. For some of them, uh, all the members have to have lived in their state uh, for three years. For some of them, it has to be, you know, there's a certain number of lay people that have to be on there or every state has to have a lay person. Um, Resolutions committee, you have to have people who have served on it previously. There's a lot of formulas that have to get into place. So it's hard work. A lot of requirements that, that, you know, rule out certain people and allow other people. It just, there's a lot that goes into these. Yes. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kind of go over the different committees and how many days out there, uh, the, yeah. they have to be released. I'm going to give the date. I would like to make full disclosure. I was not a math major. Uh, when I took my, you may be a day or two. Yeah. Off. When I took the only math class I had to take in college and was done, I shook the dust off my feet as I walked out that door and said, uh, I'm done headed to the humanities building. Cause that's, Uh, what I love. So if you're listening and you look at your calendar and say, that's not 45 days, uh, be gracious. Okay. So um, resolutions committee, this is one that is appointed directly by uh, the president. It's not voted on uh, anything like that. That is, uh, should be announced very soon. That's 75 days out that we will see who is on that resolutions committee. Um, by my calculations, that should be March 30th. So within yeah. uh, the, the next, next two weeks. yeah, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, when that happens, for those of you who might be thinking of submitting resolutions, that opens up April 15th. And uh, that we'll, we'll explain, you know, all the instructions that are in the bylaws and how they can be submitted. And the Baptist Press uh, article should share that as well. And you have up until 15 days before the annual meeting to submit. So basically yeah, so from roughly the end of May, right? Yeah. April 15th to May 29th. That's the window. Uh, next big one um, is 45 days out. We will see the release of the uh, Committee on Committees. This is also appointed directly by the president. 
Um, and so we'll get that. I think that's going to be around April 29th uh, or before. It just has to be before. Yeah. So it may not be that's that exact deadline. day, but that's the deadline. Uh, then the nominating committee that's been working all year. So l- let's think this through. The president appoints the committee on committees. They meet around the time of the annual meeting and name the nominating committee for the following year. Yeah, so Ronnie Floyd would have appointed the committee on committees that met last year right. who appointed that nominating committee who is now going to bring That's nominations right. That's right. for trustee spots this year. Yes, and that has to be also published in Baptist Press. That list is published in Baptist Press for us to see and look at because we will vote on that. Uh, those are our board nominees. Yeah, trustee uh, spots, trustee open spots. spots for that, yes. as well as committee on order of business. Committee on order of business, um, executive committee, just all of these different spots, the nominations come. So that one is important. The other reports are for our information. That one is actually for our consideration. That should be coming at 45 days out as well. And that was the end of April? End of April. April 29th, as I said, don't check my math. Ish. Yeah, ish. Ish. Um, then 30 days out, uh, we'll see the credentials committee. Um, that's another one that is appointed by uh, the president. Those are the people who make sure that all the messengers who are seated meet the proper uh, credentials. Yeah, they're the ones that check you in when you're there. Right. Uh, the tellers committee who help the registration secretary as well, and that's in elections tabulating. Yeah, they count votes, all the votes. Count all the votes. And the parliamentarians, there's really no date given in the bylaws for when those are named. Um, but most of the time, I think we see it around the same time as yeah. uh, the credentials committee. We do know from the executive committee uh, that the chief parliamentarian, which is actually, you know, the the one that is really a, a, an official, yes. that was already uh, mm-hmm. sort of already determined. Determined, so that Barry McCarty would be doing that again. Um, but those other ones just kind of get named around the same time. So we'll be having a lot of names coming out, lots of things to consider and think about. Um, hard to believe it's already here. It's hard to believe that we're only a couple of weeks away from seeing that first committee named, and right. that, that'd be the resolutions committee. So it'd be uh, interesting to see the makeup of those compared to previous. You know, it's always fun to watch and see who's on what, and you know, right. oh, I know that guy, I know, I know that, and who's that, and right. all that kind of stuff. So yeah, those are always fun. Yes. So there you and, go. And takes, like you said, takes a lot of work. It does. A it lot does. of work. It does. So I do not envy uh, the the people working with Dr. Gaines on that because man. Those are a lot of people, and and I'm sure there's people that like, oh, so and so would be great for this, and they don't meet the requirements, right? Because and they haven't been there long enough, or they've served on another entity, or their wife is serving on another entity, or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, and I remember we even knew of someone I think in Virginia that uh, maybe was going to be named, or was gonna, and then all of a sudden it it was realized that they it was like a couple of months short or something like that. So it's a very yeah clear. And the reason for that is because they have to be in the state long enough. It's usually one of these committees that is nominating other people, whether it's, you know, for the nominating committee or they, so they have to be in the state long enough to know people in their state, you know, to bring forward that that's Mm -hmm. why. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it it will be uh, an interesting time for sure. Lots of news coming in the days and weeks ahead. Yep. And you'll be able to find all that information right here at SBC This Week. Yes. Other news, Disciple Making Task Force that is uh, chaired by Robbie Gallaty. They said they're going to meet another year. Not quite done with uh, what they've been tasked to do, so they're going to take one more year and try to knock this out. They discussed the results of 250 surveys conducted among pastors of a diverse group of churches, church plants, and college ministries across the SBC 
Uh, they just haven't quite distilled all the information down, so they're going to give it one more year and put a report out for the 2018 SBC annual meeting in Dallas. And, you know, that's in some ways that's okay because I'm hoping that we'll see a good number in Phoenix, but I think everyone realizes we'll see a larger number in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt and about that. so in some ways, it's kind of a, a, a good thing to have it for a year. And you want them, particularly on a, a task force on disciple making, you yep. want them to have a very thorough report. And then they will be able to present it at a, a much larger gathering. So very good. Yep. So scary thing on March the 6th, David Dockery, who's the former dean at Southern and vice president at Southern, as well as the president at Union University, now the president at Trinity International University up in Deerfield, Illinois, uh, was rushed with a heart attack to a Chicago area hospital. Uh, he is recovering after a, a procedure on the 8th. Good news that everything is okay with Dr. Dockery. We wish him all the best in his recovery. Man, that's scary, but very glad to hear. Thoughts and prayers out to David and uh, Ben, his son, uh, who's a, f a friend to many Southern Baptists as well, uh, works up there at Trinity and uh, all the family. And finally, our last bit of news, Amy, this week kicked off March Madness. I know that's something probably you and your family enjoy. Oh, uh, yes. Like me and mine. Uh, but Life of Research had a study come out this week on Americans' thoughts on sports. Uh, and is you know is winning everything or is is it how you play the game? And fifty two percent said it's how you play the game. Forty percent said ah it's just a game. It's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Seven percent said winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. That's fantastic. And then less than less than one. I like the last one. Less than one percent. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So that would be the NASCAR fans. I, I love that. That's like the, the fun official NASCAR motto there. I love that. Now, here's interesting that it's a total 50-50 split on uh, the statement, good sportsmanship is rarely exhibited in American sports today. 50% agree, 50 disagree. I think that depends on what sport you watch. Because if you watch a certain sport, I think it's different than like, so if you're a huge, uh, I, I watch a lot of European soccer. The sportsmanship in European soccer is terrible. There's diving. There's all. I mean, it's just the sportsmanship is awful. Or hockey. It's very hockey violent. Would be a people good lying. One. Hockey. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but like, if you're like a baseball or golf person or tennis or things like that that are you know have that historical sportsmanship ethos to them, I think you you probably land on the agree side. So yeah, I would I would say so. So it may it may depend on that. I do want to say I think that. And, and I don't like to complain about Lifeway. I know uh, you guys get you plenty of not. those. Um, yeah. I do think some great opportunities for graphics were missed in, in this. I mean, that pie chart that's agree, disagree, that could have been, been a, a basketball. It could have been, been a baseball. A so many opportunities here. But that's a very light complaint. That's really just the potential, you know, that could have could have been raised. Now, this, I'll pass that on to the the graphics team yeah. down there. Now, uh, there I'm big fans With your of phone theirs. Number. I'm big fans yeah. of theirs. I mean, I love it when the cornucopia comes out at Thanksgiving, things like that. Anyway, uh, this release is very interesting because it really drills down on um, you know, how uh, region is a factor that it was higher 58% in the west said it's not whether you win or lose it's how you play the game but the south only 50% like you you know those in the south are also more likely 11% to say winning isn't everything it's the only S -E -C. thing S E C S E C Yeah so S -E -C. you know you see that um <laughs> religious practices also gave some viewpoints non-religious uh this was interesting non-religious 46% 
are more likely than Christians, 37%, to say it's only a game. So just just very, very interesting breakdown, but a fun week for it because uh, it is March Madness, and I love March Madness. I'm looking forward to March Madness as well. That all kicks off uh, yesterday and today, and well, actually this week with the, the play-in games and everything. So it's already that time of year, exciting time of year. Uh, it's it's kind of funny. March Madness almost signals the SBC convention deadlines that we were talking about. So we'll have to remember that next year. So every time we think about March Madness, we'll think convention deadlines and those announcements and things like that. Because I'm sure that's what everybody does. They they think about the SBC when they think about March Madness. We have June Madness maybe sometimes. <laughs> anyway, that, like you said, not too much news in quantity, but a lot in quality this week. And uh, that's going to move us on to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go back to 1972, which we were already talking about Southwestern Seminary earlier in the the episode. And 1972 was when uh, their board of trustees meeting. So it, it was reported this week. I always like to give that caveat. Sometimes it's you know from the week before, but it's good to it's good to still look at it. It was their board of trustee. Uh, meeting that had happened and there were, you know, kind of the regular stuff. They adopted a, a record $3 million budget. Um, they promoted faculty members, honored retiring professors, but it says they approved a new doctoral program. Um, and it says approval was also given for implementation of a new doctor of ministry degree program. The new four-year program will be designed to provide additional advanced professional training in various areas of Christian ministry. Um, a four-year DMIN? Yeah. That's a long DMIN. Are they usually four years? Yes, or three. Oh. Three years, three or four. Okay. That's about... I've just, I've just seen... We've seen so many iterations of DMINs now that, like, when you say a four-year DMIN program... No, that like, sounds... Wow. That's really close, because they spend time okay. in seminars, and then they have to work on their project. Um but I'm looking because I tried to tell in this sentence and probably it's someone may be able to to take me back. It looks to me like this is the actual implementation of it. It could be that it's just a new particular degree program in it. I'm not really sure, but it looks like um, it is a new program. It is designed to be an advanced professional degree. And so I mean, this is a small thing. Lots of times we tell really major historical events or um, kind of a crazy story or funny stories. This one is one that's just kind of a, it's a little blip on the screen. We start these degree programs, but then countless people are sent out uh, through the years. And so these programs beginning as they get announced are going to make incredible impact um, for decades on the Southern Baptist Convention. And these professional degree programs, these are, are things that, you know, these projects are things that, um, students are implementing in their churches. And uh, so, you know, Southwestern is one example. Obviously, we have six seminaries that are all doing uh, this uh, this same work. But if you think about the effect that that has even today um, in these pastors that are in their churches um, or the people who came up under them uh, in these churches where uh, they were, were ministering, Tons of impact has been made on um, the Southern Baptist Convention, and it all started this week in SBC history. Very cool. I did not know that about uh, the DMIN program. I, I didn't, you know, w we hear about modifications of programs right. and things like that these days. We rarely hear about the launch of a degree program at a seminary. I mean, we, we hear about changes, right. but it's rare that we have such a big launch because, you know, th those are standard these days. Right. You have, you have things that are standard. And this is one, you know, we, 
we've got a lot of modified residency programs now in EDD and PhD, other doctoral, but the DMIN is really was the first major sort of modified program or modified residency program because it was designed for people to stay in their churches and to get um, advanced professional training while they're out there in the field. Uh, so lots of churches have been impacted for the better from these programs. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week in SBC history. And that's going to bring us to resources of the week. My resource of the week is a brand new podcast from Marty Duran and Lifeway Pastors. It's called Pastor Talk. First episode dropped this week with Ron Edmondson on there with, with Marty. Ron's a, a good friend of this podcast, been on here as well. So you need to check that out. It's a, it's a great compliment to uh, the other podcast that I run here at Lifeway with uh, Tom Rayner and Rayner on leadership. Uh, Marty's going to be talking to pastors and, and different church leaders and talking about pastoral issues they faced within the local church. So check that out over at LifewayPastors.com and at iTunes. You just search for Pastor Talk or Lifeway Pastors and you'll be able to figure that out. All right. And my resource um, of the week is going to be the Center for Baptist Renewal. Uh, this is a project that... Yeah, I saw that. Another yeah, center this week. Yeah, a project that has launched. Um, and it's really kind of the work of, of people, just a group. It's not out of a particular institution. Sort of the leaders of it uh, are Matt Emerson, who is a professor at Oklahoma Baptist University, and Luke Stamps, who's a professor at California Baptist University. And uh, so the, the way it's explained on the site is uh, the Center for Baptist Renewal is a group of conservative evangelical Baptists committed to a retrieval of the great tradition of the historic church for the renewal of Baptist faith and practice. Our mission is to equip leaders to appropriate perspectives and practices of the historic church within the context of their local congregations. Um, so it's mainly beginning sort of as a web resource, a blog, people contributing different things. I know there are plans for more ahead, uh, but just a great sort of place for people to come together. Um, Brandon Smith, who yeah. you know, he is uh, helping as far as the kind of helping with the, the website serving as an editorial director. And uh, Winston Hotman is, uh, who's at Criswell College, he is the operations director. But uh, they launched this week a group of fellows, which I'm actually excited to be a part of that. So this, uh, the, this is a, uh, a great project. I think very good things are going to be coming uh, ahead from the Center for Baptist Renewal. Yep, looking forward to that as well. I know Brandon's been working a lot on that, so congratulations to those guys on the launch of the Center for Baptist Renewal. So a couple of center launches this week. Amy, that's kind of a, a different take on things. Uh, we don't usually see that. One affiliated with Southwestern, one independent. Yes. Uh, but good to see that. Good to see uh, us focusing on our Baptist history yes. and our early Very church good. writings and things like that. I know for a Baptist history nerd like yourself, that is a positive thing. Absolutely. Love it. That's going to do it for this week's episode. We will keep an eye out on Baptist Press and see if uh, we get any of those uh, nominations that we were talking about earlier and the announcements of those uh, names uh, that Amy went over earlier in the episode uh, coming out in the next week or so. We, we know we have one that's due in about two weeks, so it might be next week. It might not be. Uh, but if it is, we'll see you right here next week. See you next week.